0: Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Creation Innovation. Today we have Carrie Gran. Having no background in digital or skincare, Carrie jumped into the competitive beauty industry 10 years ago and has never looked back. The former real estate agent had to learn everything by doing, proving there is no better teacher than the, than necessity. It was hard. there were mistakes, but they excelled. Their easygoing attitude, coupled with fierce devotion to a set of powerful values, have been the secret sauce to their clean beauty company and for their happiness. So welcome, Carrie. I love that. Ah, thanks, Elizabeth. Nice to be here. so tell us first of all, tell us about your skincare company for anybody who's
1: listening who doesn't know, okay. So fundamentally, it really boils down to a few key fundamentals in the in skincare itself. And that for us is to cleanse, hydrate, protect your skin with sunscreen, and then go on with your life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we really focus on dry skin. First and foremost. And that really is rooted in, I have autoimmune thyroid disease that I was diagnosed with at 29. And so, uh, very, when I was very young, I had really dry skin as a result of that. But then, you know, as I, and did they
0: tell you then that that could be a symptom? Okay.
1: No, no, no. No, I was going to say, I was going to, wow, that's impressive. I've never, no, that would have been great. So, (laughs) so essentially um, most people, most, if not all people that have some form of hypothyroidism. And in my case, I have Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune form. You get dry skin, dry hair, dry eyes, like dry, like dry, dry, dry. And so that coupled with getting older and going through perimenopause early as a result of having autoimmune. I also have Graves' mm-hmm. disease, which is the mm-hmm. hyperthyroid end of thyroid disease. So I have both that competed with each other for a long time. And and so, you know, I always had dry skin, but then when I my estrogen levels drop, did I ever have dry skin? Okay. And so that is our focus is, you know, I'd say our core group are women over 40. And estrogen receptors are in almost every cell in all of your body, and they help with moisture regulation. So that can even cause dry eyes, dry hair, dry skin. And so I just kind of have a double whammy. So the focus for me has always been that. And with a really simplified routine, as I mentioned, cleanse, hydrate, protect, and go, because skincare I think is important, but for us, it's not the most important thing in our lives because we have a lot of other things going on. And, um, and really focusing also on the quality of the ingredients. So we're primarily anhydrous, which means we don't add water hmm. to the line, You know, water's great for drinking, but when it makes up 70 to 90% of your skincare, it's, you know, that's where, again, it's difficult to retain the moisture levels in your skin. So, okay. <clears throat> so that's, that's kind of the, the longer two-minute elevator pitch.
0: Which I love because there's so many aspects of this that I'm I want to dig into. I am like the self confessed do not know the first thing about skincare. I like I'm the worst. I won't even tell you what I do. The one thing I can say that I do is sunscreen every day. Good, and even that is like you can do. my cheap, you know, oil lay and that that's it. So. I will say though as I've gotten older and I feel like that really happened fast for me where mm-hmm. people were like oh you never age you never age and then all of a sudden kids stressed old oh okay here here it is like knocking on my door very quickly now it's like okay better pay attention to all this stuff that people have been doing for so long and being over 40 or now well over 40 what do you how do you where do you go from here, right? Of when you're in my situation of like, oh my gosh, I should have been, wish I would have done, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Is there well, any way to go back to a certain degree and you know, fix it? I
1: guess. Well, I don't think you first and foremost, a plus plus for you for wearing sunscreen. Because if you're going to do anything, if you're going to do anything, that is the best possible thing that you can be doing for your skin every single day of the year, rain or shine, yeah. even if you're sitting inside, because right. by a window, you're even getting that sun damage that you get from UV light. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine
0: if I wasn't, hadn't worn sunscreen all these years. I'll,
1: and I'll, it's never really too it, late. A problem I'd be into. Yeah. And it's never too late to start. Honestly, it's, it's never too late. And really, I mean, you're kind of speaking our language and we, we, most of our customers too are like, oh, I missed the whole skincare thing. Like, where do I start? What do I do? And that's why I think it's so important to focus on the basics instead of getting overwhelmed with all of the latest trendy fad, this hot ingredient, this, that, or the other thing really, if, when your skin is hydrated and moisturized, it's, and your barrier is happy, everything else is golden. It's good.
0: I feel like even recently, and this is going to sound so ridiculous, but I never recognized the changes of the weather that affected my skin. It wasn't until recently that I'm like, oh, my skin feels dry and the weather is cold and whatever. mm -hmm. I was I don't know what, what rock I've been living under Carrie. I hate to admit it, but it just was not on my radar and it wasn't a thing until now. And I'm like, okay, what, what can I use to like get more moisture in my skin? Because I do feel like I'm so dry. And quite honestly, because skincare has never been my jam or something that I'm Mm -hmm. into or makeup and all of that stuff. It's overwhelming to me. I don't even know where to start, you know, it's
1: overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And so start small, like lean into it. You need to wash your face, right? So good cleanser. And then hydration and moisturization, they're used interchangeably, but really they are different. So hydration is uh, the root hydra is water, whereas moisturization is more emollients. So emollients are oils, waxes, anything that holds moisture in your skin, whereas water um evaporates quickly. And so the two in combination work really well together in that the emollients lock in the hydration, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So we love oil, especially if you have dry skin, because that is just such a good emollient. It really sticks with you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it it leaves a little something behind. Um, Whereas we have a tonic that you can spritz as like a touch free moisturizer because it has properties that have humectant abilities, which means they act like moisture magnets and they trap any moisture that's in the air into your skin. But it's interesting that you say, you know, now I notice with the weather or it might be different environments like an airplane or air conditioning versus heat. And that is because you have, as you've gotten older, it's just a natural thing. You lose estrogen. And thereby you're losing that ability to hang on to moisture like you did before. And you wouldn't have noticed those things quite as much.
0: Yes. I was actually just going to touch on that because as well as the, the texture of the skin, right. And Mm -hmm. everything else that goes around that, I think based on estrogen and as much as I feel like I because of what I do for a living really and focused on right. fertility and all of that I have been more focused on still doing seed cycling and trying to keep up that you know the cycle being healthy with those balances of estrogen progesterone as much yep. as we can it's still you know 47 is 47 right as right. much as we're going to be trying to to do that the reality is the reality and mm-hmm. I don't think there is any hiding from that yeah
1: you know no and it's mm-hmm. i mean because you're so well versed in that world of hormonal change that revolves around fertility and pregnancy it's it's really what similarly happens when you shift from perimenopause to menopause you have these like peaks and valleys of high low high low high low and then once you're postmenopausal it's just kind of low Right. And so that's when that dryness really starts to present itself in a way that you haven't experienced. <laughs> yeah. in <the> okay. Past. <laughs> yes. So but all is not lost. So <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do. Okay. Oils are great. And, and like what you eat is also so important, mm-hmm. like good, healthy fats. It's kind of like moisturizing from the inside out. It's a yeah. thing. What you eat matters. Right. It's so true. As much as
0: we like want to try to avoid that, it all comes back to it always, you know? There's no,
1: there's no silver bullet. There's no magic pill. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't exist. It's a combination of things.
0: And so when you're saying, you know, good quality cleanser and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. how do we know what's good quality versus bad quality? I feel like there's a lot of there of those, there's so much out there, like I mentioned and again because i am all about keeping your body healthy for your cycles your fertility your hormone health as well those hormone disruptors live in a lot of these you know skincare, care hair stuff like all everything really yeah. um so how does pe- how do people recognize okay this is actually a good healthy cleanser versus no it's not so good you might want to avoid that because There's some toxins
1: in it or whatever it may be. Right. So what I would say, there's a couple of really good databases that consumers can tap into. One is the um, Environmental Working Group. They have one called Skin Deep. And it's a database of products that it's a voluntary registration system, but they not only catalog products and rank them in order of, you know, clean to maybe not so clean, but they also have ingredients so if you were wanting to look at a specific ingredient and where it ranks and and how it works in the system of clean to not clean mm-hmm. that's an option there's another one called the good face project there are many now so okay. i would say the environmental working group skin deep was the first one on the scene and it's a lot of people refer to it they also published the the dirty dozen, it's like the vegetable fruits and vegetables that are the most heavily sprayed with pesticides, right? Clean 15 and the dirty dozen, I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really good place to start because as you mentioned, there are ingredients in the personal care world that have been deemed endocrine disruptors. And so endocrine is just another word for hormone. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I started on this journey, it was, um, Synthetic fragrance uh, contains phthalates typically, and those are known disruptors, oftentimes paraben. The paraben family can be known as endocrine disruptors. So I just started there and like, try not to get scared, number one, because the personal care industry is not out to get you, but pick something and start small, otherwise you will get overwhelmed. So for me, it was parabens, and in that respect, They're a really great uh, multifunctional broad spectrum preservative. And so when there's a lot of water in a product, you have got to preserve it with something or else mold and bacteria are happily invited to the game. (laughs) So for me, it was really like, oh, what could I use in lieu of things that are heavily water-based? Or once I started reading, just like my food labels, once I started reading ingredient labels, it narrowed the playing field because that was about 15 years ago. So the choices were not what they are today. So mm-hmm. the good news is is today there's a lot more education out there and it's easier to find something that will work for you. But when I found oils, it was a game changer for dry skin and because they're anhydrous or they don't contain water, it kind of eliminated that whole category of things that I wanted to avoid anyway. Mm-hmm. And I am not the inventor of oils in skincare products. Like women in other countries have been doing it for hundreds of years. It's just America was a little slower to catch on. But I think once you try it and get over the whole oil phobia, like we're I'm a little bit older than you. So I grew up in the whole oil-free, fat-free mm-hmm. generation of like, don't put oil on your skin and don't eat fat.
0: And w- I would think, okay, if I'm using oily, oil-based skincare, my skin is going to be oily and greasy oily. I'm going to look so gross, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. that not the
1: case? That is not the case. Not okay. all oils are created equal. And so I think like my growing up, a lot of the oils used in skincare were mineral oil, baby oil, petroleum, petroleum-based. So they have a big molecular structure, and that means they sit on top of the skin, a little bit like wrapping it in saran wrap, and your skin is a living, breathing, well, not, don't take me literally, (laughs) but your skin is your body's largest organ, Right. and so it's meant to absorb and excrete, and if you saran wrap it, it cannot do either one of those things, and that's when barrier disruption can happen. So there is a time and a place for something that's an occlusive, like a mineral oil product. Like if you have an open wound and you need to seal it off for a little bit, but overall you want things to breathe. And so plant oils are really great for that because they run the gamut in in size of molecule. And so that is kind of how they feel on the skin, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So something with a big molecule like castor oil, is going to feel thick and viscous and heavy and doesn't ever feel like it absorbs, but something more lightweight, like say almond oil will actually absorb quite nicely into the skin. And so the other thing is, is a lot of people with oily skin use products that ultimately end up stripping their skin. So then it tells the skin to produce more oil. So they strip it, it produces, so you get into this cycle of overproduction, whereas Oils, especially for cleansing, are really nice because they help balance out that oil production. They clean the skin without stripping it of its own natural oils. And if you don't strip it, your body doesn't get the signal to like make more oil. Got it. Now, It's, now a, I'm, lot.
0: <laughs> it's a lot, but now I'm motivated to, to look into this a little deeper. So specific to skincare for women over 40, why is that different than somebody who's
1: twenty? Ultimately, it boils down to the dryness in the skin, okay. You no, know, um, like I said, I had dry skin like forever as a part of my thyroid stuff, right. So had I not had that, I don't think I would have ever dealt like dealt with it. I never had oily skin, even as a teenager, like never had too mm-hmm. much oil, never had oily hair. It was just always I was on the dry cycle from birth, I think, and so it just depends. But over forty, most women are headed down the perimenopause, menopause path, and that means less estrogen. So, are estrogen. you saying though that
0: that your guys's skincare has more X in it to counter counteract the lack of estrogen in the skin?
1: No. So, so an oil is a because it's an emollient. So it's just more oil, I guess, is mm-hmm. what you're saying. It's a okay. great at when you need moisturization, whereas a gel or a really lightweight lotion is going to be so heavily formulated with water that it's going to dry down really fast. And then it just isn't going to linger. And so those are okay. great options for people who deal with oily skin. Okay. or they don't, you know, if you have dry skin, it's not really, do I have dry, you know, the, there's yeah. no question mark o-
0: over that. It's yeah. really
1: a known thing. Okay. And especially like a really good test is to tent your skin on the top of your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not drinking enough water, your skin won't spring back. It'll kind of stay Okay, pinched it. So that's always a really good test. And you can even do it around your eyes a little bit. You will see if you're not properly hydrated from the inside. Wow, that will show up. So oils just, you know, um, emollients are like the mortar in a brick and mortar situation. They really hold everything together. And so when that dries out, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Okay.
0: It doesn't feel good either. Your skin right. doesn't
1: feel good. Yeah,
0: for sure. And then speaking of sunscreen, is there a minimum? I've always gone with 30 and hoped to find more, but I feel like even finding 30, to be honest with you, again, because I'm like a drugstore over-the-counter type moisturizer person, is it seems not that easy to find. In your world, is it much easier to find over thirty, and or what is kind of the baseline?
1: Well, first and foremost, you have to know your filter, and what I mean by that is sunscreens will have an active ingredient, mm-hmm. and they can be a, a mineral, which is something that sits on top of your skin, zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, or they're a combination of chemical UV filters that in combination create a broad spectrum, which means UVA think UV aging and UVB think UV burning, the the rays that burn you. Mm -hmm. And so um, a physical UV filter like zinc or titanium sit on top of the skin, Mm -hmm. whereas the others absorb and they take about 15 or so minutes. And then what they do is they pull the rays in, they scatter and deflect them and break them down. So depending on the filter that's in your product is how long it lasts and you need to reapply it. So it's ultimately, dermatologists recommend at least, I've heard some say 15, some say 30, but the difference in UV protection isn't like 50% versus 100%. It's an SPF of 15 blocks about 93% of the rays. Whereas a 30 goes to about 95, 96, and a 50 goes to 97, nothing is 100%. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about reapplication. And if you're out during the hours, you're in California, I'm in Seattle. So we have very different climates. And I think most people think, oh, the sun's out, I need to wear sunscreen. But really, you need to wear it all the time.
0: Yeah. Every day. I try to my kids are very young and they see me doing it every day, no matter what rain or shine mm-hmm. and they're you know at first we're very confused like well we're it's raining why are we wearing sunscreen I'm like you have to wear it every day you know you have to yeah almost like a panic situation right if there's one thing you do you brush your teeth and you wear your sunscreen absolutely yes, it should just be that
1: yeah like, streamlined into your routine, yeah, I think that's important
0: yeah for them because when they're you know, were babies, it was that zinc oxide type that I'd be like slapping Mm -hmm. on them every day of like making sure nothing Mm
1: -hmm. got
0: through there. Um, so I think that I'm grateful that I have at least gotten that much, you know, under my belt, but hoping that now that I'm more educated, thanks to you, thanks to you, I can dig into this a little more and, and maybe get into some big girl, um, you know,
1: skincare. Yeah, well, with the with the UV filters too, it sounds like a lot, and it sounds confusing. But ultimately, because they have to be absorbed in order to absorb the UV rays, everybody's body is a little bit different and metabolizes them differently. Mm-hmm. Heat can affect it. I mean, there are a variety of things that can affect it. So it's really that's why you don't see the SPF of a hundred anymore because people were under this impression they were being protected. Mm. Whereas they would apply it once and think that was it. You know, I'm good. It's a hundred. How can I not be good? So that's why you don't see that anymore. And while a 30 is really good, it doesn't, in my mind, I don't think a 50 is like leaps and bounds better.
0: Yeah. It's funny. You just reminded me now compared to growing up when I was younger, yeah you would get upset when you burned but then you'd be like oh it's gonna turn into a tan now it's like tragic if i get burned or my kids get burned or somebody it's like you know i'm so angry with the school or whoever like how dare they like let them get burned you know (laughs) it's it's really has changed over the years i feel like this perspective of our skin and protecting it
1: yeah a hundred percent and um you know the risk skin cancer
0: Has gone up
1: and um and I I'm really glad that just the everyday wear of sunscreen has become a lot more commonplace.
0: Yeah. And not
1: just, oh, I need to wear it when I'm on vacation.
0: Right. Yeah. For sure. So how did you come about, you know, going from you know, being interested in skincare or whatever this, you know, whatever the impetus may have been, whether that's your thyroid and with a dry skin or whatnot, to I think I'm gonna come up with my own line and do this. I mean, that's amazing. And how does
1: that, how does that happen? Well, it, it happened because I loved the category. I was super interested in it. And then when I kind of moved over into the, the space of, you know, like what ingredients that were important to me, that's when I started doing formulating for myself. But and even I that,
0: haven't... people start looking at ingredients. They're not like, Oh, I think I'm going to make my own. Yeah. <laughs>
1: How does that happen? I don't know. That is a really good question. It just happened. But what's even stranger is that it happened for me, and it was just for me. Okay. Um, And I ended up leaving a career I'd had for close to twenty years, just due to burnout, really, and took a year off. And I had made lip product for about twenty years, just as for a fun thing, and handed it out at Christmas. And so my now business partner, she and I were both real estate agents in the same office and worked on a charity foundation for the company we worked for together for about 10 years. And I, we did yoga together. And when I left that year, I gave her the line that I'd formulated for myself. And I had written up this little funny thing and like, oh, make you more and ha ha ha, isn't this funny? And she was like, Hey, you don't have a job. And I really like this. So we should do this because we know a lot of women that we could get their feedback on it. And if in the interim, you find a job, then okay. But I kind of want to do something else. So that's how it started. It wasn't, Oh, I'm going to make a skincare line. And Oh, I'm going to sell that line. That was not that was not even close. Okay. Story. But even still, so you're like, I'm going to
0: make some lip product. I'm in my kitchen or my, wherever you're doing this and I'm you're in my kitchen and you just continued to, okay, maybe what was the next thing after you, lip stuff that you started to try to make? So I
1: did facial oils. So okay. the, and in fact, the, the serum that I formulated is the serum that is today, 12 years later. Wow. So it's never changed. So when I gave her all of these things and she said, I really, but you know, at the time I was 43 and she was 10 years older than me, 53. So we were the perfect focus group for this because we were of the right age and we liked the simplicity of it. And whereas I was into the category and thought, oh, let's try this. Let's do that. She was just like, just give me something that works. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to try new stuff. I just want to use something that I like and that's how it started and then I went and worked with different groups like legitimate formulators and uh, naturopathic college up here in Seattle to like back up my formulas and make sure they actually worked <laughs> so a little bit of I started a little bit in reverse but I tend to do things like that that's just my thing
0: and did it seem that it was easier than you expected to go down this road, or was it harder mm-hmm. in hindsight? You know, maybe because you did do it backwards, maybe you didn't recognize the hurdles. Yeah, that may have been I
1: think it was. I think because I of what I had done for so long was problem solving. My job was primarily like there writing a contract was the same, but problem solving it to closing was always different. And there was no real like book that I could just go to and figure it out. I had to work with people. I had to ask a lot of questions. I had to reach out. And that's the same thing I've done here is I have the ability. I've made friends in the space and other brand founders are really happy. We're really happy to help each other.
0: I love that. That's so to be, I feel like now to be in an area where people are lifting each other up instead of seeing each other as competitors and all the other craziness makes such a difference.
1: It does because, you know, we just believe all ships rise with the tide and we, I think because these were like our second and third act careers, Mm we had done the like people pleasing, working with mean people, you know, we just didn't want to do that anymore. Right. And so it's, it's different to come to a business at a later stage um, with a little more uh, life experience. Right. Behind you.
0: And also I feel like marketing a product is probably very interesting than marketing a service or something else. I have friends that have product-based businesses and they're telling me all the time, you know, it's more difficult than you would think Mm -hmm. because there's so many different aspects to think about. And, and I feel like this industry that you're in, well, a lot of industries are competitive, but there's so much going on there, you know, and there is, like I said, for me, it's quite overwhelming, but at the same time, how did you keep that, like having your niche and knowing, you know, yes, this, there's a lot out there in the market, but I'm, I feel really convicted that this is something that we need to keep going forward with. Where for somebody who's kind of in the throes of it all right now, feeling that way, what, would yeah. you, what advice would you give to them?
1: First and foremost, you can't be all things to all people. And I think that is a mistake I made in my very early years in my first career because mm-hmm. I was big time into pleasing everybody. And I you can't do that. You dilute your message, number one. And so for me, it's really my favorite thing to do is to work with a woman who's never really gotten into skincare, doesn't know where to begin because she's not inclined to walk into a department store and go up to a makeup counter or a skincare counter and say, can you just tell me what to do? Mm -hmm. And, And because our messaging from the beginning has been so different, it's not, oh, there's something wrong with you and you're getting old. Here, come here, we'll fix you. I have gone to trade shows early on and there will be a bunch of old guys in khaki pants and they're like, come here, let me fix your eyes. And I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) that. So it's really like we kind of take a no BS approach to it. And we focus on, like I said, you cleanse, hydrate, protect, and then you go on with your life. Because honestly, if All the promises that were made with beauty products actually happened. There'd be like one brand selling to everybody.
0: Right. (laughs) It's so true. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I'd be
1: on a desert island, you know, eating peeled grapes because I invented something that everybody could use and it did exactly what it said. So with with kind of turning things on, its head and saying, how about we focus on, um, um, health of your skin instead of like youth and perfection, which are really not attainable.
0: It's things. not, that's why I it's said, like, not. it is what it is at this point. I feel like,
1: yeah, it is what it is. And you know, when, when a 19 year old me spends their last $40 on anti-aging eye cream, at the Lancome counter, that's a problem. <laughs> I think it's a big problem. It's like I didn't need that at that stage in my life, right? And you know, but I was convinced I needed it. I was convinced I had to turn back the hands of time, right? I was nineteen, and it just is crazy. It so, is crazy
0: and very. So I say
1: that's yeah. It is sad, and so that's where. I think we can be of service by talking to women in a different way and um, really like, we know our customer because we are our customer. Yeah. Which
0: I think in anything that I feel like you're serving people in, it's so important to, to understand that, Oh, she gets me. Mm -hmm. She hears me. She knows what that's like. And even you talking about the thyroid, so many women, have thyroid issues and that's why i asked did they tell you that when because i've never heard a doctor say oh and here's the list of things that might happen yeah, skin yeah. dry skin is one of them you know not that yeah. and i've had thyroid for forever as well but that's so i think just educating people and mm-hmm. saying i get you i hear you i see you here's something that's no bs or you know very yeah. straightforward and I think there's so much beauty to that, no pun intended, to just say, like, it's easy. It doesn't have to be hard. You it know? doesn't
1: have to be hard. And yeah, we're not here to fix you.
0: Yeah. And if, again, <laughs> from, yeah, coming from my perspective, where I'm not, I literally use like my Trader Joe's cleanser and my oil belay moisturizer, and that's it. Yes. And that's, you know, from my perspective to now say, oh, okay, maybe I can look into something that is, Easy and it's not complicated. And it's something that is actually made for me going into this next phase of my life that yep. will, you know, help me with that. So yep. thank you, no. Carrie.
1: You're welcome. Where can people find you guys and, and learn more? Well, the easiest way is our website, which is my name. Um, and oddly enough, some people think it's Carrie Grant with the <laughs> <laughs> There's no T. So it's just K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N as in Nancy, com. Practic- Fantastic. Lots of information.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait to dig into more of this. So thank you so much for being here.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts, and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.